I'll never forget the Christmas of 1980. I'll never forget the Christmas of, of 1980. My, my grandfather was, um, he was nearing the end of his life. I had, I had grown up with a, with a real strong family. I'm the youngest of, of, of five children. My, my dad is the youngest of, of six children. And so family has always been a very important part of, of, who, of who I am. And, and, and our family has, has always been very close. And, and up, to, up to that Christmas, uh, there were always joyful gatherings at my grandparents' house. I remember as a young boy, I remember uh, sitting on the floor and, and listening to my uncles tell about their time of service uh, during World War II, especially, I, I, I remember sitting around and, and listening to, to all of them in and, and the smoke-filled back room of my grandparents' house, but they were, they were all there, my aunts and uncles, even those from out of state. My, my cousins would come in from out of town as well, but there was, there was something different about, about the Christmas of, of 1980. And my, my, my grandfather had just turned 89, and, and he was uh, he was nearing the end of his life, and he he had been ill for the uh, for the previous couple of years. He had uh, he, he was he was older, obviously, when I was born. Uh, he was uh, he was eighty years old whenever whenever I was born. So my grandparents were were much older when I was when I was a young child. But but that that Christmas there was a there was a heaviness there was a heaviness to our to our family gathering because we knew we knew that this would be the the last family gathering that we had with with my grandfather there. And it was, it was just a, a couple of days later on, on December the 27th, 1980, that my grandfather died. And, and Christmas for us was never, was never quite the same. The next year, the, the family didn't gather at my, at my grandparents' house. Instead, my grandmother came to our house. And I didn't see my aunts and uncles that next year. I uh, didn't see my cousins the next year. It was, it was, just, it was just us as a as an immediate family. And, and, and I mean, since time has passed, certainly I know that, that that's just kind of the life cycles of, of families. We know that, uh, that when, the, when grandparents uh, pass on that Christmas traditions and Christmas celebrations, they change. But, but there, was a, there was a sense, there was a sense, I even, I even recognized it as a nine-year-old, there was a sense that there was a, there was a heaviness to Christmas. From then on, there was, there was a little bit of a heaviness to Christmas because, because every, every year that we, that, that we, that we came together, we always, we always had that, that chair that my, that my granddad would, would set in. And, and, over, and, and over the next number of years then, as my, as my grandmother, uh, she became elderly, she came, and, she came and lived with us during when I was in high school and, and then when she passed on. I mean, it just, there, there's always... I'll be honest. There, there seems to be a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a heaviness when it comes when it comes to that to that Christmas to the Christmas to the Christmas ceiling season. There, for some of us, and and I would and I would guess for for all of us. I mean, I, I get I get really nostalgic during Christmas. I I, I remember. I mean, I, I remember back to my grandparents, and I remember all of the great Christmas decorations out out in in a, in our in in our home, but. But there's also a, a, a sense of a, a sense of sadness, a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a tension, a little bit of uh, there's some disappointment and and even some frustration that I face during the Christmas season. And I know I know I'm not alone. And and believe me when I say this, we're not alone either because I can promise you those were the exact same emotions that Mary was going through. 
Have you ever thought, I know most of us, probably all of us are familiar with, with, the, with the birth narratives of Jesus. Here, here we have this young, this young teenager, more than likely she was probably no older than 16 or 17 years old. Some have even suggested she was as young as 13 or 14. I, I'm guessing she was probably 16 or 17 years old. And here she has an, here she has an angel visit her. Hear these, these, these words again. In the sixth month, an angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in uh, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of, of David. And the, Mary's, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the same. I think that may be one of the most one of the biggest understatements of all of the New Testament. She was greatly troubled. Oh, I'm sure she was greatly troubled. <laughs> to hear that to hear that that she was that she was pregnant or getting ready to be pregnant. How how in the world can this be? I, I, she, I mean, she's thinking to herself, I've not been with a man. I'm engaged to be married. What it, I mean, you're telling me I'm going to be pregnant? And then and, and then, um, then she begins, I'm sure, she begins to think about uh, everyone's response. <laughs> Again, can you, I mean, according to the Old Testament rules, then she was engaged to this, uh, to this man, Joseph. According to Old Testament law, any, especially woman who was caught in adultery, and obviously if she's pregnant and Joseph knows that it's not his son, she's been caught in adultery. According to Old Testament law, she, he had every right uh, to bring her up on charges, and she would have been taken outside the city gates, and she would have been stoned to death. And so her first reaction, I'm guessing, her first thought probably was, oh my goodness, what is Joseph going to say? And then, oh my goodness, what are my parents going to say? <laughs> they They would have probably not just ostracized her, they would have absolutely cut her off from any contact in the family. Her faith community would have cut her off as well. She would not have been allowed to participate in her faith. Can you imagine the stigma that her son was going to grow up with in her mind? He always, he always, always would have been labeled as someone who was born out of wedlock. In fact, in, in, the, in, the, in the scripture, I mean, we, we find some hints at that. They often say, oh yeah, we know who that is, meaning we know, we know what his background is. Again, they only know, they only know the, the outward part of the story. So she was greatly troubled. <laughs> Again, maybe one of the biggest understatements in all of scripture. And so, so it continues. So, the, uh, so, so she asked, how in the world, how in the world is this going to be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And he goes on and, and tells about her older cousin Elizabeth and Mary said behold I am the servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word my guess is and it doesn't tell doesn't say that there was some uh, some lapse of time there but my 
I, I just am guessing that there may have been a couple of months down the road before she spoke those words. <laughs> At least if I would have been in her position. Very seldom am I able to go from um, uh, completely and absolutely troubled and then turn right around and, oh, okay, yeah, it's going to be okay. No, no, more than likely it was months on down the line that Mary finally accepted what the angel had told her. Okay, God, if this is what it's going to be, oh, oh, okay, okay. What I, what, I have, what I have found, again, for many of us is that this Christmas season is just as troubling as, as Mary experienced that, that first Christmas. Just as troubling as that as that first sentence now or that first Christmas now some of us now some of us uh, are beginning to uh, to experience uh, seasonal affective disorder that's that's what the that's what the doctors and scientists call it we we know that the that the winter solstice is coming upon us meaning that it is the the day I mean it's uh, is it December the twenty first is that what you said okay December twenty first so here really just and just here in a couple of weeks, it's the shortest day of the shortest day of the year. And, and, and scientists say that it, it really plays tricks on our body to some degree. I mean, it's, for some people, it, it really, I mean, it throws us a little bit into it, a depressive state. I mean, we just kind of feel just kind of the blahs and the blues, especially whenever, whenever we start having some of those gray days around Christmas time, and, and it seems like we can't get out of the house because it, it, it's, so, it's so cold, and we go to work, and it's dark, and by the time we get off work, the sun is going down, and we get home, and, and it's dark as well, and it's, it's just kind of, ugh. But I think that there are other reasons. I found I found that there are there are other reasons that that kind of that kind of give us this this sense of of the blues during during this during this Christmas during this Christmas season. And, and I just want to share some of some of them. Obviously, you know, I, I found I have found that oftentimes it's family conflict that really really kind of gives us a, a sense of 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 grief maybe even during the holidays what what we experience is that um, we will typically around Christmas we'll see that we'll see some family members that we only see once a year and typically there's a reason we only see them once a year <laughs> we don't get along with them and and we're forced to be with them um, maybe maybe just for a few hours but but for some of us if you if you travel uh, you may be even traveling across states, and you're there for a couple of days, and you're you're stuck there with these families, uh, family members that you don't particularly get along with. And and I don't know if I don't know if you're like me. I know I know whenever I go to my parents, I kind of revert back to uh, to my role in that family as the youngest in that family. I'm a, and I'm always kind of continually stuck at about a 13 or 14 year old boy when I get there. God help me. God help my family. I mean, we just kind of revert back to our roles and our families, and so that just creates conflict. It creates conflict. And, and again, every family, by the way, every family, in every single family, there's dysfunction. I can promise you, your family is no different than, than anyone else's family. There, there's always a, 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 sense of, a sense of dysfunction. One, I, one, one father, young father I, I saw this, this week said this, said this about Christmas. He said, the part of, about Christmas I dread the most is, is having to visit my parents. 
We have to travel 500 miles to see them and endure three days of criticism about every detail of our lives, from the way we raise our children to the kind of church we attend. But, but if we ever decided not to go home for the holidays, we would never hear the end of it. And so for some of us, some of us, that, that overwhelming sense of dread comes from, comes from those conflicts in, in family members. Others of us, it's just simply the busy schedule, the absolutely busy schedule that we, that we have. Our, our calendars are, are filling up. In fact, just uh, it, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, one of you was, was talking about uh, your calendar, and it was <laughs> just pleading and begging that the church didn't have something else because this, the calendar was, was already full, and, th- and that's how it is, isn't it? I mean, we have, we have Christmas parties for, for our work, and we have Christmas parties for our Sunday school classes, and we have programs here, and uh, programs for children, and programs for grandchildren, and, and community events, and all, just all kinds of, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, there's also Christmas shopping to be done as, as well. We, we're just, we, we feel like we just are so, so busy, and we feel like we're, we're, in, such, we're in such an absolute hurried pace that we that we really that we really miss Christmas. We we really we really miss Christmas. Sixty two percent of Americans buy their Christmas gifts the last week before Christmas. Sixty two percent of us. We're just simply we're just simply busy. For others of us, it's some financial pressures, the financial pressures. Each year, we may, we may feel pressured to spend more and more on, on Christmas gifts because, because of the toys, video, video games. And, and I mean, just a few years ago, you know, it was a, it was a little, it was the iPod, and, and then it was the iPad, and now, and now it's the iPhone. The iPhone's over $1,000, TVs, they, they seem to get more and more expensive over 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 the years but 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 buying gifts only only amounts to about 60% of what we actually spend our money on during the christmas season only about 60% of of what we spend during the christmas season is uh, is on gifts the remaining goes toward entertaining and 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 going out and buying clothes to all of those all of those Christmas celebrations, we max out our credit cards, and and that and that creates stress. And so many of us, um, a third of us, begin our Christmas shopping in November. And so what that means is that we make the purchases in November, and the credit card uh, bill shows up around what the middle of December, the end of December. And so so not only have we not only have we overspent, we've maxed out our credit cards, and it hits all. It hits all at once. This year, the average American family will spend one thousand five hundred thirty-six dollars on Christmas. We're, we're we're just we're just stressed completely financially, and others of us have well, we just simply have unrealistic expectations. <laughs> we we think that we are going to be able to find the perfect gift. We think that we're going to be able to find the, the perfect wrapping paper for the perfect gift. We think that we're going to be able to, uh, to, to, to take these crazy families we have and, and make, them perfect for, make them perfect for one day. One, one young mother said, Christmas is the time of the year that I want to at least be able to pretend that we are a normal family. We put such expectations on ourselves and upon this Christmas season that we, abs- I mean, 
because of those because of those unreal, unrealistic expectations of of what this of what this season's going to be. And by the way, I haven't even mentioned the decorations in our homes. I mean, we can uh, we we can we can obsess about uh, the 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 perfect spot for that for that perfect decoration here and and there and and again, I, I just it, it appears to me that that it's that it just unrealistic expectations. It, it can be a it can be a, a time of joy this this Christmas season, and it, and it can be a time of a profound a profound sense of of God's presence in our lives. A, a time when we truly are able to connect with our with our loved ones at a, at a deeper level. But but when but when we have all of these other things playing in, oftentimes Christmas we can hardly wait for it to be over with. I, I know. I mean, I'm I'm familiar with this. I promise you. <laughs> Working at the church, I mean, there are two times of, of the year that that the staff of the church is just, I mean, ready to throw up their hands and quit. And it's it's Christmas and Easter. I mean, we're we're just, I mean, running from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. We complete. I completely understand it. But when, but, but, but when we have all of these unrealistic expectations, when we have these financial pressures, when we have our busy schedules, when we have all of this family conflict, we truly, we truly miss, we miss the real, we miss the real meaning of, of this season. I mean, obviously, the real meaning of this season is celebrating the incarnation. Don't let this be lost on you, sisters and brothers. The real meaning of this, of, 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 this, of this season is that God loves us so much that he became one of us. Think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. It, it, it's, it's not about the decorations. It's not about the gift giving and the, and the gift receiving. It's not about even the family celebrations. It is about God coming to us in the flesh. And that, dear friends, is good news. It's the good news of the gospel. Easter means absolutely nothing without Christmas first. This was God come to us in the flesh. This is not just some, some baby that God used in a special way. No, this is God, the eternal son, lowered himself and became a human being and dwelt among us in the flesh. And dear friends, again, that is indeed good news. Until, until we begin to, to, to rethink our, our obligations and to rethink our expectations and, and to re even rethink our celebrations, we're going to miss out on Christmas. We're going to miss the glory of, of this amazing moment here depicted in our, in our nativity. We're going to miss that. When we're so distracted by all of, all of these all of these other things, I, I, I think I, I really do. I, I just want to very quickly. I think we've got to rethink our rethink our obligations. I mean, I, I know I know that things are. I mean, get-togethers are are really important. They're they're really really important. And 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 um, I mean, going to parties and and all of that. That's that's. I mean, that's really that's really important. But but we've really got to we've really got to think our we've really got to think our obligations. Uh, just, I mean, we just we just simply get we just simply get too busy. I was I was looking at my calendar just uh, just this past week trying to trying to think about you know some things coming up, and I was I was looking at my calendar, and all the way through May, I'm almost I mean, there's very few there's very few gaps in my calendar all the way through May. I mean, it, and that's what that's what happens, isn't it? 
by the time Thanksgiving gets here, we're booked up all the way, all the way, I mean, oftentimes all the way into the Easter, all the way into the Easter season. I think we've, we've really got to start making priorities, setting our priorities and what's most important in our lives. I think, I think we also have to rethink our expectations. I, I hate to tell you, especially, especially uh, ladies here today, and, and by the way, I say that because, I mean, guys, we'll, we'll stick it in a, you know, a, a used, we'll stick the gift in a, in a used uh, brown paper sack from, from the grocery store. It doesn't bother us at all. Um, but, but let me tell you, we really have to rethink all, we've got we've to rethink our expectations. There is not going to be the perfect gift that is going to complete somebody's life. Some of you need to hear me say that. There's not a, there's not a perfect gift that's going to complete someone's life. Your grandchild uh, is, I mean, if they have a meltdown because of the gift they got or didn't get, well, that's on them. <laughs> it is not on you. Don't, don't obsess about wrapping paper that's simply going to be ripped off. <laughs> don't obsess about the bow that you're going to hand make. Don't obsess about those things. Uh, there, there's no such thing as a, as a perfect gift. There's no such thing, I don't even think, as a, as a perfect celebration. And, and I would also... I would also encourage you to, to, eat, to even rethink your celebrations, to rethink your celebrations. When you get together as a, as a family, if, if it's, I mean, if, if what I described earlier, if you're having conflict in your family and you're, you're traveling for states away and, and you're going to be there for three days, cut that, cut that short. I mean, really, for your own sanity, go ahead and cut that short. Cut it short to, uh, to one day. Or if you're, if you're traveling and you're, you're expected to be there for 12 hours, you can feel free to cut that short. If, it, if it's not good for your soul, feel free to cut that short. But beyond anything, make sure, make, make sure that, the real, that, the, that the real celebration of this season is part of your celebration. Don't make it just about the Christmas gifts. Don't make it just about the food. Don't make it just about all those kinds of things. Take, I mean, take just a moment at your family gathering and, and read the Christmas story out of, out, of, out of Luke's gospel, chapter 1 and chapter 2. Uh, take, take a few minutes and, and read John chapter 1. I mean, take just a few minutes and, and, have, and have a time of prayer with your family. Re, rethink our celebrations. Because I promise, if, if, if we continue to, to do what we've always done, we're going to have the same kind of Christmas gatherings and celebrations that we've always, that we've always had that's going to bring on more of this heavy spirit and bring on more of, this, of, of the holiday blues, the Christmas blues. But that's not what it's supposed to be about. This is a joyous, an amazing season because God has come to us. A day of rejoicing, a season of rejoicing. And my prayer is that we would all truly be able to rejoice and celebrate during this season. Would you bow with me? Oh God, there are many reasons for, 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 for many of us to, to have, have the blues during this season. For some of us, it is, it, it's those things that we describe, just the, the busyness and the and the stress and the, and the conflict, the financial pressures, unrealistic expectations. For others of us, it's, I mean, it's just a, I mean, we're just in a different place in our lives than we've ever been before. 
we're out on our own for the very first time. We, we, don't, we don't get that Christmas break in school like we've, like we've always had for, for really all of our lives. And for the very first time, we're out on our own and, and we'll just get a day or two off for Christmas. And we're not exactly sure how to handle all that. And, and our role now in our family is, is different. We're, we're now, we're, we're, we're out on our own. We're not living at home. We, we, some of us are, are newly married and, and we're, we're coming home to different, to different roles in our family as well. God, help us, help us to know that, that all of those things, all of those things, the conflict, the, the busy schedules, the financial pressures, the unrealistic expectations, the changed roles in families, all of those things are periphery. Those are all peripheral, God. What's center to, to this season is that you have come to us in Jesus Christ. You have come even to us. And that shows your love for us. Help us to rely upon, upon your peace, upon your grace, upon your joy during this season. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.